Alright guys, this is Chris Nelms from Fisherman's Tale. Hopefully you are know who I am because you go to comic book speculation and investing. But if not, check out comicbookinvest.com and just check out the cool things that they're doing there. They have some great articles. Uh, everyone loves the, hot, the true and the first hot 10. Check out the true first. Those are two of our best articles out there. Check out Rumor Has It, which is one that I do. Uh, but just check out the different articles that are going out there. But this this podcast is for, uh, for checking out Fisherman's Tale as you get to see, or see my brain explode and just sort of talk through what I what happened because sometimes there's more words to be said than there can be written, um, and that's what the beauty of podcasting is. So hopefully you like it. But remember, comicbookinvest.com, CBSI, uh, definitely proud and awesome to be writing for them. Guys, I'm back with another episode of A Fisherman's Tale. Um, this is uh, season one, episode four of A Fisherman's Tale. This is sort of a crazy art issue just because of everything that's going on right now in the world. I mean, it's middle of March, and instead of getting excited about Free Comic Book Day, I'm wondering how many books do I have, and can I read them all in the, in the quarantine time? Uh, so, let's just sort of get down to it, the crazy times we're living in. Man, if it's crazy to me, people fighting and arguing over how much toilet paper and uh, sanitizer and all that type of stuff, but I mean, I've been to the grocery store three or four times in the past two weeks, and all the meat is gone. How much meat do you need? And that type of stuff. Um, it's amazing to me, but thinking about comics, Diamond was awesome this past Tuesday, and I don't know if you caught it. Hey, guys, go ahead and sell. We know the world's going crazy. Sell it on Tuesday. You get it. Go ahead and sell it. You don't have to wait till Wednesday because we don't know if your city's going to close all non-essential businesses. So that was sort of cool of them. Um, the local comic shops are getting hit hard. I mean, they're not an essential store. So they're having to go online if they're not online, or they're going to be doing Facebook Marketplace and different things like that. They're going to try their darndest to stay open. But I know here in my, in my town, I've sat and watched um, a used bookstore close. It was my regular hot honey hole that I'd go to. And I mean, now, granted, you always felt like you might get some sort of disease when you're there. So maybe closing was the best thing for them. But my honey hole's gone. I, my place I go to get my books is not there. So... That sort of freaks me out a little bit. And then you got Image saying, you know what, guys? I think it's pretty cool what they said. I mean, they're just like, we're not going to rush out second and third prints right now. We know you're not selling them all the time, so we're just not we're not going to rush that out. In fact, if you don't sell a bunch of our stuff, you can send them back like the old days where you used to be able to send books back. So that was pretty cool. Um, I know probably by the time you guys hear this and see this, you'll probably see some other things that happen. Uh, Marvel, I know just today, as I was finishing up this article right before my podcast, they, they came out and said, you know what, we're going to maintain your discount, no matter what. Your discount stays the same. Um, so even if you lower the issues that you order, you still get to keep your discount. In fact, we're going to discount a little bit more because we want you still buying books. We want people still in reading our stuff. Now, I wish they would sort of say, you know what, we're not going to come out with 25 variants for Spider-Woman. Or this new Empire thing is not going to have a... 300 different variants and 300 different villain covers that would make my heart a little happy instead of maybe just one variant per an issue instead of 25 that'd be that'd be the better way to go in my opinion so what am i going to do this time i'm probably going to read some of these trades and these comics that i have so i said you know what i bet you guys are probably maybe reading some of the books that you now have so let's look at some of the, sort of the things so i came up with this idea what are good trades out there not just for value but what are some good trade paperbacks out there? Great hardbacks. So I set up some criteria. Uh, I sort of wanted there to only be like one story arc. Or maybe like two story arcs. But I didn't want there to be 
you can't claim Amazing Spider-Man Omnibus as being a great trade paperback or a great hardback. You're talking 50 issues. You can't even claim Saga of the Saga Omnibus. There's 18 issues in there. It covers a different arc. Now, a six-issue arc, yeah, you could do, but not a not a big, huge thing where it runs through different stories throughout the entire time. So I wanted you to look at trades that you can quickly pick up. You can read in one sitting, and you can get the story. So I picked out three this, just this time. I might do this again. I might jump into it. And sadly, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Marvel guy typically, so I'd lean that direction. I also want to know the issues that appear in the trade. Is there some value to them individually? So you'll look at some of the trades. And I looked at some of them, and most of the ones I chose, there's at least one or two issues that actually do have some value. And then does the hardcover or the trade actually have some value in of itself? And most importantly, is it rereadable? Can you go back to it and read it again? Have you have I read it again since the first time I read it? So the first trade that popped into my mind was this Spider-Man versus Venom. There's been all this talk about Todd McFarlane and everything, and it's just a great cover. It's a great McFarlane cover of Spider-Man and Venom on the on the front of it. But what sort of drew my eye to it, I was going through my books the other day, and I had just gotten through writing my newsstand article, and I flipped open the back of my trade, and there's a newsstand barcode. And it got me curious going... Did they actually create newsstands for trade paperbacks? So I hopped online. Uh, I looked up images, and I found on eBay there's images of newsstand and regular edition. So they evidently did have newsstand edition of certain trade paperbacks. I did a little research, and I saw that not very many Marvel books had it, at least at least the ones I had. But you did have some DC ones, especially some of their big time stories like Death of Superman and uh, uh, Death in the Family. The when uh, Jason Todd was killed. Some of those DC books did have some newsstand editions. So you, there are out there. I just didn't think there were for trade paperbacks. That's sort of cool. This, the first edition of this trade actually does have a little bit of value. Um, as in, it's a was originally $13 or $14, and now it's $20, $25. Um, especially if you can find a really good condition first edition. Um, then the second, third, and there's multiple prints since then. Um, every few years, they release a different print. Uh, but what, what books come in this thing? You're talking about these are the ultimate Todd McFarlane stories featuring Venom. So you're talking Amazing Spider-Man 298, 299, 300. And then, then it stops, and then it picks back up at 315, 316, and 317. That's, that's the beginning of Venom. That is the Todd father writing about and drawing Venom, not writing. Michelin, uh, David Michelin wrote it. But... It's so cool. So, I mean, you're automatically talking about books that are worth something. 300 is one of those books that I rarely ever see it under $150, $200. Usually, I mean, if you find it for $100, you are the best hunt, comic book hunter now. There, there is right now in the past three years. Now, before that, yeah, you could buy them all the time for around $100. But $300 for $300 is a fair price. Now, a high-grade one, of course. But 299 is now climbing because the same Incredible Hulk thing, you know, uh, 180 versus 181. Now it's 299 versus 300 because the exact same thing happens. And 299, the very last panel is Venom. The same way the last panel of 180 is Wolverine. So that debate is not as loud, but it is beginning. Um, but of course, you're talking hundreds and hundreds of copies that have been maintained. I mean, I think it was 300. It might have been New Mutants 98 that hit the, I think, 1,000 mark for 9.8s in CGC. It's just ridiculous how many really nice copies are out there. So it's not a rarity. I don't know if it will ever be worth the amount that 
181 Hulk is because just because of that. But then you hit 316, and this is a book that I've actually sold before. I, I have a couple of copies of it. Beautiful cover. It's actually probably my favorite Venom cover um, that's out there. And it's just a great, great cover uh, by McFarlane. And, I mean, you, you can find a lenticular, lenticular of it currently. Uh, that was I think it was on uh, Spider-Gwen 25. But it's a great cover. I mean, I, I sold it for $40, thinking it was a $10 book. Turned around and sold it for 40 And then three weeks later, the Venom movie gets announced. I'm like, crap. That, that book has now climbed up even further. I mean, it's fluctuated up and down, but it's still... I mean, for so if you wanted all six of these books, you're going to have to spend upwards of $300 to get decent quality covers and copies of these books. The trade itself is $25, so why not go ahead and just find and buy the trade if you want to read it and then slowly decide which issue are you going to buy first. Are you buying $299? Are you buying $300? Are you buying $316? $315? $317? Some of those are a little bit easier to find. I've picked up $315 a few times. It's not even though it technically is the first Venom on the cover because there's a little headshot there. Um, so that's that's the first trade I thought of just because it had been on my mind and I was trying to figure out a way to talk about the fact that there is a newsstand edition of it, and that that was something that was fascinating to me just because I'd written that article earlier um, about newsstands. I guess it was episode one if you have been listening to the podcast. Uh, the next one is a book that I spent forever trying to find, not the trade, but the the first issue of this Planet Hulk. This is this is one of the best Marvel animated movies in my opinion. Now, I mean, I'm not the be all end all. Edge of Spider Verse was amazing, but and I think actually probably is better. But Planet Hulk was the one that got me back into really looking at and tracking down and trying to watch some and read some Marvel books. And I mean, in fact, if I ended up subscribing the the first time I ever read the story, I'd seen the movie a couple times, and the first time I ever read the story was. I had subscribed to Marvel Unlimited, um, and I did the online, and every, and I could go back and reread or read all these issues that I missed when I wasn't reading or keeping up at all of comics. And Planet Hulk was one of those books, and I went through and I tore and I read through that entire thing. And the idea behind Marvel Unlimited was supposed to be I read them there and I don't need to buy them. Well, that's completely had the adverse effect, and I went out, and I had to buy every issue, so I was so excited, I finally found this beautiful eBay lot, and all the all the issues are there, so I bought it, and it shows up, and the one issue that was missing, it was not Incredible Hulk 92, the beginning of the Planet Hulk story, the one that actually had some value, so my $20 investment that I thought was amazing fine, was not worth quite as much as I thought it was. Um, it, it probably took me about six to maybe a ye- six months to a year to track down any copies of Incredible Hulk 92. It's sort of one of those weird issues that if it ever shows up at a store, it quickly sells unless they overprice it at forty, fifty dollars. But it doesn't necessarily fall into bar- bargain bins either. So it took me a long time of digging through bargain bins because I'm one of those bargain bin hunters and I always want to find it in a bargain bin. So where I eventually found a run, and I think I've written about it before. Um, of Incredible Hulks, and I eventually found 92, and then probably two months later, found it again. So, I now have my own copy of Incredible Hulk 92. And since then, I've gotten the second print, um, and then the, the other issue you want out of the series, you want 93, because a couple of the more of the characters premiere, and they're, I mean, the Incredible Hulk 92, you're talking about a brand new world, you're talking about some brand new characters, and some of which were made famous through Thor Ragnarok, um, Korg, appears in the 92 and 93 and that's where you sort of get to know him um and it's it's a really cool 
I just love the story. I reread it the other, probably a month ago. Um, Amazon Prime surprisingly has select few different trades available that you can read through your Kindle. So, and that one of them was uh, Planet Colt. So I got to read that again, and I realized, man, that's a really good story. And I went back and I looked at my comics. And go, which ones do I not have? And because I've had the run before, and then sold off the the issues that weren't ninety two. But I do have 92 and the second print, 92. You can see the images here in the article. And then 100 has a Michael Turner variant that's great. And the reason that you want 100 is it's the second appearance of Amadeus Cho. And you get you start to get the grasp who he's going to be and how important he'll be towards Hulk and Hercules later on. And, and just sort of how smart the kid is and he, how important he'll, he might end up being, which currently he is very important um, to part of the Marvel Universe. And then finally, the last trade I sort of wanted to talk about is just, I got to always shout out anytime I can, talk about Mobius. Mobius is one of those artists that either you like him or you don't. He's, but people that like him are super passionate about him. And his trades and graphic novels that he does can sometimes run, run into the 80 90 $100 if you find the right one. And not necessarily because they're super rare, though I've I've collected a lot of them. They're just hard to find. Well, I guess that makes them super rare. They're hard to find. Uh, but the one story, and I, the first time I ever heard about the story behind the Silver Surfer parable, uh, which is Stan Lee sort of sketched out the script and wrote it, and then Mobius drew it. Uh, the first time I heard about this is Stan Lee sort of got asked, who would be the one artist that you'd want to do, that you, you'd like to get to do something? And Mobius was his answer. And Mobius got to sort of pick, hey, who do you want to do? And he chose Silver Surfer. So you're talking Silver Surfer, which is one of Stanley's favorite characters, and then being done by one of his the new artists that he, he was so fascinated with. Mobius didn't do a lot of Marvel stuff. In fact, he probably only did two or three covers that had popped up. Yeah, there's a Marvel Tales, which you see the this beautiful class, uh, Marvel Tales that covers reprints one uh Spider-Man 102, which is the second appearance of Morbius. So Mobius drew Morbius, the vampire. And it's a great, sir, just different image. The issue before it looks nothing like this. The issue after it looks nothing. It's just this one issue that Mobius did. He also did a cover, a couple of covers from Marvel Age. I think actually talking about Parable. So it's a little different. Mobius is known if you collect Heavy Metal Magazine, the early stuff, then you've read and seen some of his images. He pops up in uh, Epic Comics. He did an airtight garage thing. He's, his sort of epic graphic novels, sort of like the Marvel graphic novels, New Mutants, they're in those big, huge, giant books. Uh, they're softbound covers. Uh, he did a huge run of them, and some of them are very pricey that you can find, but the Incall series and Blueberry and some of those are the ones you can find there. And also, if you Dark Horse presents, there are some issues that if you track them through, there's a Morbius story, Mobius story that travels through that. Um, but the, let's talk about Parable. Parable is just one of those books that hardcover trade. If you look at the image, it's just a gorgeous headshot of Silver Surfer. Um, if you look at that image, it's great, and um, that's actually hard to find hardcover, and it sells. The lowest price I saw it was thirty dollars, and that was one of those. Randoms. I don't know why the person was selling it the way the person did. The first image that pops up was the back cover of the book, which is sort of white with a sort of silver surfer drawing that you can barely see. And then you have to go to the second image. So I know when I scroll through eBay, I scroll through things and I, I scan and I look for the images of the books I'm looking for. So I type in silver surfer parable and I scroll through it and I go to the sold things and I look and I'm like, huh, 
Well, if I saw a white cover, I'm like, what the heck is that? I probably won't bother to check it out. So it sold for 30 with a poorly um, done eBay ad. Um, the rest of them sell for anywhere from 50 to to $100, depending on how desperate you are and at what condition it may be in. But I've never seen the hardcover. I was lucky enough to come across a, the trade paperback not too long ago, and it's only $5, which was, I mean, it usually sells for 10 to 15 so I was, I was sort of excited about that. But I didn't even know it existed because you're talking a two-issue story that I didn't, you wouldn't think it would need a trade paperback or a hardback, but it, it got both. That tells you sort of where it stands in the uh, echelon of Marvel books. In fact, it's it is since then it's been uh, reprinted in hardcover a couple of different times. It has the shiny silver surfer on it one time. It says Mobius and Stan Lee, and then there's another more recent one that's a hardcover of the the first issue is the cover, the dust jacket. Um, but it's pretty cool, guys. I mean, like I said, it, it's been a crazy. This I've been working on this. I'm working from home. Um, I'm actually on spring break this week, but I'm working from home and trying to write this article. And as I'm writing it, I'm hearing my, my used comic book store or used, used bookstore close. And then another, the other main hotspot I go to, they decided to close up for the next two weeks. Um, and so all my honey holes have been closed. I mean, outside of my local comic shops, which I might hit up, I might not, but the nice thing about them, they do have, um, Facebook auctions, anybody thinks so I can pay them. That's the biggest thing. If, you, if you're if you scared of going out, but you want to keep getting your new books, please reach out to your comic shop and go, hey, can you keep my books there? But can I pay for them? Because they can't just keep them. I saw, I, I have followed lots of Facebook um, comic book stores and I see them posting things like, guys, we're going to go through our pull list. If you're not paying for your books, we're going to have to stop pulling your books for you. Because they don't know what it's going to look like in two weeks. They don't know what it's going to look like in three weeks. Yes, we're going to get this influx of money here, or this influx of money there. But restaurants are closing. Stores are closing. If you can't get the books, please call your comic book shop and tell them, hey, I'm paying for what I have. Cancel my order. If I ha- if When the world changes, I'll come back. Um, but also, if you need to offload some books, you might have some of your comic book stores that are going, hey, I would gladly buy that 181 off of you right now if you're 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 strapped for cash. So you never know, uh, guys. Get hopefully this I do another episode when I get a chance. I hope you liked it. Uh, it's just sometimes cool to hear what people are thinking when they do these different things. Until next time, um, and keep hunting, keep fishing, keep reading.